You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right, Father, we love you. You're so awesome. Uh, I just got to sing about it. Uh, No, but seriously, Father, thank you for being my father. (laughs) Thank you for being my brother and sister's father. And thank you for being a really, really good daddy. Thank you that you love us beyond our ability to really comprehend. Thank you that you know every single thing about us. You know the number of hairs on our head. You know our thoughts before we think them. You know our words before we speak them. You know everything about us. You understand us. You understand why we do the things that we do. You understand our fears. You understand the things that hold us back and keep us in cycles and patterns of living and life and uh, triggers and just everything that we could ever think would be us. (laughs) You know, you know it all. And you are so attentive. Your thoughts towards us are as numerous as the sand. And when we just sit with that for a second, Father, and we just think, oh my gosh, like your thoughts are like sand, grains of sand about us. That is enormous amount of thoughts, Father. And I know that the mind of Christ is a very expansive place. <laughs> I don't, you know, like how do we even step into everything that you're aware of and everything that you're monitoring and every every single person's thoughts? Like that's an amazing, <laughs> that's amazing brain. That's an amazing intelligence. So God... That's amazing, you know, mind blowing. But then the idea that you also are intensely focused on each one of us, that you perfect what concerns us, that you're um, an active participant in our lives. You're not an absentee father. You're an attentive father. You're a doting father. And that's just you, father. Don't get me started on the Holy Spirit and how how attentive the Holy Spirit is and how Uh, how the Holy Spirit is our helper and our teacher and uh, prays for us, you know, and then don't get me started on Jesus and the price that he's paid and the, 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 what it, it, what an amazing deliverer he is and an amazing savior and an amazing friend and an amazing husband, an amazing spouse, you know, like the, the, you, you, you're our family, God, you're our family and you are, you're, you're in us, you're with us, you're, surrounding us. We live and move and have our being in you. Uh, you. We are your temple. You. We are your home. We are your dwelling place. And I'm just taking a moment this morning before we even start just to acknowledge your presence in our lives, your activity in our lives, your care and your concern for us. And you are so involved. And I just thank you that even just this prayer right now is the place that I'm sitting in as I share today the things that you've put in my heart to share. And so, Father, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, I'm asking, Jesus, I'm asking, manifest however you need to manifest to every single person that's listening to me today. Uh, Come however you need to come. If you need to come as a mighty rushing wind, then come as a mighty rushing wind. If you need to come as a a still small voice, then come as a still small voice. If if gentleness is what they need, then be gentle. If it is a uh, correction and and you know a good 
<laughs> like a, you know, like your football coach, dad coming in and saying, hey, you know, get that slack out of your chain, you know, then come in like that, Father. Uh, however it is that we need it, you know, the areas of our heart that are that are, are in need of healing, the, the programming that, that needs to be uh, transformed, the things that are driving us that aren't you. And you know how to get to the heart of the matter. You know how to, uh, you know how to transform us. You know how to transfigure us. You know how to elevate us. You know how to shift us from the inside out. You know how to uproot every, every lie and every false paradigm and every, uh, uh, every scheme of, uh, the enemy God. You see it all. And so I am praying today, Father, for every single person. You said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And Lord, you have had me praying. I have made prayer has been such a priority for me uh, lately. <laughs> I don't even know how long to say lately is, but Lord, I am I'm taking a moment to pray today and, and, and I'm talking to you. I know I'm on Facebook Live. I don't even care. I'm talking today for every single person. I can feel that, Lord. I can feel it in my spirit. I am praying for every single person that is going to get this recording, Father. I am speaking breakthrough over them, God. I'm talking about things that have been, have, have been chasing them their whole life, strongholds or ways of being, limits, God, limits on their life, limits on their finances, limits um, on their relationships, uh, things that they, they, they know that they need, that need to shift, that need to change, that is holding them back from their full potential, that's holding them back from experiencing the fullness of who you are, that's holding them back from experiencing and manifesting the fullness of who they are in you. God, I am, I am speaking breakthrough over those things. I declare that patterns are going to break. I declare that, um, uh, cycles are going to stop spinning <laughs> wheels, <laughs> hamster wheels. <laughs> We're going to get off those. <laughs> I just declare it today. Father, I, I say game over. I say game over for, uh, these, these, what do we call it? Lord, the ways of being these, these patterns, these cycles, these strongholds, God, I just declare that you are doing something so powerful in every single person that's listening. And I declare it in the name of Jesus. I command it in the name of Jesus. I release it in the name of Jesus by the authority of Jesus, by the, 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 the one who lives in me and has positioned me in the place in the body of Christ to even do these prophetic words, who's called me to do these prophetic words, who's called me uh, as a prophet, who's called me as an apostle, who has called me to equip the body of Christ for the work of their ministry. I release the fullness of that in Jesus name. Oh, and I step into that. I step into that authority right now. And God, I know that every person is listening here by divine alignment which is the name of the word of the month. And God, I just declare right now that that divine alignment is coming into alignment and not just with me, not just, you're not just drawing the people that need to hear this word into this word, into the alignment that, that, that you have for uh, the gift that I am for them. But I call that divine alignment into every single person's life uh, within every area of their life. God, I declare that they are, 
are are divinely aligned with every single gift that they are that they are that they are to receive from God. Uh, they are aligned with every resource that they need. They are aligned uh, geographically where they're supposed to be geographically. They are aligned relationally where they are to be uh, aligned relationally. They are aligned vocationally where they are to be aligned vocationally. They are aligned financially. They are aligned in every sphere of their life, in every place of their life, God, I release that. I release the fruit of that over this word today. And uh, I just declare that it is. this is a word that is ministering to every single person right where they are personally. In Jesus' name, I pray. All right. Man, just invited you guys into a little bit of prayer this morning. Um, but I, 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 I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because... Uh, what do I want to say? How do I want to kick this off? Um, oh, I'm just going to start with this. Um, and some of you may know this already because I've mentioned it in, in some of my podcasts, but we lost a precious team member in June. And she was one of our RMR facilitators. Her name's Kristen. And she's precious, precious to me, precious to the team, precious to the people that she ministered to. She was uh, one of the pastors on uh, a staff at a church that uh, I'm uh, part of the leadership team here, uh, very connected in her church community as well, uh, and just a blessing. I, I mean, full of life, young, uh, way too young. Um, and she had been, you know, had health, had health challenges, but she was really doing well, uh, be, had beat the odds, you know, and it was it was really out of the blue. It was like from doing hot yoga on a Wednesday to getting a text. She's gone two weeks later, you know, and that's the second team member that that's happened to for us. I mean, we lost someone to COVID back in December, not this last December, but the December before. Um, and I'm sharing this, you guys, because, you know, we actually, I went over to the ER after we got the news with a couple of our eMERGE grads maybe three of our eMERGE grads, just part of our eMERGE family. And we prayed for her to be raised from the dead. And the body got warm and it was intense and it was, it was intense. You know, but after that, I walked out of the ER and I mean, I was, the power of God was so strong. I was walking through the ER and I was just, I literally was laying hands on people. I was praying for one lady had a kidney stone. Like I was like, I had to put some, I had to put it somewhere, you know, and I'm, I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm, you know, I'm in that, you know, it's like the world stops when you go through things like that. And I came out and all I kept saying was, this is a war. This, this is a war. This is a war. And you know, you guys, my gosh, I, I have a podcast called Joy Fair. And honestly, joy fair is how we do warfare, you know, but, but joy fair doesn't, um, ignore the, the condition that we're, you know, that the world is in. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it, it just refuses to, uh, be, uh, focused on that. It's focused on the realities of heaven. It's focused on the victory. It's focused on Jesus who has overcome it all, you know, 
But I'm sharing that because the first thing that I want to share about this word, about and the word is divine alignment. But the first thing I want to share is that it's in the context of the Lord speaking to me um, that it is an emergency. You know, we were, I actually had another vision after that happened, you know, as I processed with the Lord, like what was actually happening, what, you know, why didn't she come back um, when it, the, the anointing was so strong, when the presence of God was so strong, you know, what, what, what was going on there? And so I went into, you know, some time with the Lord and spent some time and some encounters with God about it. And honestly, I'm not, that's not what this is about. So I'm not, I'm just doing this as an introduction because what I heard was that that, that emergency that I found myself in was bigger. I mean, it's a bigger picture that we, it is an emergency. Um, in a lot of people's lives, like there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of work to be done, you guys. Um, and there's a lot of work to be done by those of us that have been in a process of deconstructing from religion and, 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 and being healed from the illusion of separation and have been uh, in this process of reformation and foundation repair with the Lord for a while. And here's what I know. I mean, people listen to my podcast. People are drawn to my ministry for, for various reasons. I mean, I get to talk to you guys. Um, you know, I do breakthrough calls, so I get to hear from people. I get lots of messages and stuff from people. And I love that because I'm, it kind of helps me keep a pulse on what's, what's, uh, what's blessing people. How is, how is the ministry impacting people? And, um, you know, people, God sends people to listen. I mean, I talked to two ladies last week, right. Who like never had heard of me before and somehow got a hold of something and like they're binge listening. Um, and why, why are they binge listening? Because God is doing something in the body of Christ. There is a, uh, there is a deconstruction that is happening. There is a reformation that is happening. There is a repair of the foundation in, when I say the church, I don't, I'm not talking about specific local bodies. I'm talking about the body of Christ. There is a, there is a repair that's happening in our understanding of the gospel. There is a repair that's happening, uh, in this healing of the illusion of separation in the understanding of what Jesus Christ actually finished on the cross in this understanding of who we are in Christ to such a degree that we are abiding in it, that we, it's a way of being, that we begin to live out of our true identity, that we rise up as sons of God who know the truth. There's, there's a, I mean, I just did a series on the real antichrist. Like people are waking up to theological paradigms that they've been taught their entire lives, denominational beliefs, um, uh, foundational beliefs of Christianity are, 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 are being uprooted out of people. People are questioning things like, you know, an end times that, uh, you know, has a, this figure of the Antichrist and this one world. But at the same time in America, we have this whole move of Christians that are, you know, Oh my goodness. Right. I mean, they're, they're called the Patriots. And I, I I'm not criticizing you guys because I know there's people listening right now to me that um are coming in every in, from every every perspective 
human perspectives and paradigms are as, as, as varied as the people that you will meet, right? Uh, as a country, we are so divided with right and left. You know, we're so, um, the issues are so heated, uh, whether it's, you know, when we, the vaccines or whether it's abortion or whether it's the LBGTQ, uh, issues, like there, there, uh, you know, the transgender thing, like it, these are, these are massively divisive things in our country. I mean, there are people that if you talk to, they're talking about, Civil war, like there's the great, the civil, the, you know, the next American civil war, like Americans are, are in, in, if you listen in the media or you stay in social media and these things, like there's a massive, like division that, it, that, it, that, it, you know, and people feel it, like, you know, and, and depending on which side you're on and what's your hot issue and what, what you're standing on and what you're against and what you're for, you know, like, you're going to think like the country's, you know, gone to hell or the foundation of the fabric of the country's unraveling like people. And, and then and then then you talk to people and they're like, you know, they're, they're almost tentative with sharing what they really think, because, you know, they got the inside scoop on what the real conspiracies are and what the other side is really doing. And did it. And I again, I'm not I am not talking about any of these particular issues. I'm not even saying I'm not saying anything about anything except it's an emergency. I'm, I'm saying that the context of this is we feel it, we know it, and I'm not, I'm not a doomsday prophet. Okay. So I'm not trying to also, I'm just saying the obvious. Okay. And I'm saying that God is, you know, and, and let me just go scripturally into this. In John 4 35, Jesus said this. Don't say there's four months until the harvest. Don't say that. Don't say that. And what, what am I talking about that? What are we not saying? It's, it, it, I'm saying, first of all, the word of the year is the best is not yet to come. It's now. So in the middle of it being an emergency, God is saying the best is not yet to come. It's now. My word for the year personally is the word now. Um. Uh, don't say there's four months into the harvest. The best is net like now. There's something about now. So in the midst of what's happening in the world, <laughs> you were born for now. You are alive in this moment of history for a reason. Like you were not born in the 1900s or the 1800s. I mean, I think, thank God, <laughs> thank God I wasn't born in, as a pioneer. Could you imagine me in a covered wagon? Like, okay, there's no spas. <laughs> there's no spas in the Wild West. There's some saloons, I guess, but you know what I'm saying? Like I was not, I could not have been born in those. Maybe I could have, who knows? I mean, maybe I could have been like, you know, I just watched Wonder Woman. Maybe I could come like, you know, be a Wonder Woman or something that fought in the world war or something. You know, I'm joking. I'm being joke joking. But the point is that we're alive right now. We're alive. You are alive right now. And I don't know. I mean, you know, I talk about this in my book. I talk about, uh, I talk about it in the concept of, of wake up calls. And I, I share the wake up calls in my life that happened to wake me up to the urgency 
of fully surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. And when I say fully surrendering my life, I'm not talking about going down the aisle and saying a prayer and making Jesus my Lord and Savior so that when I die, I can go to heaven. Okay, I did do that when I was 10 years old, but I did not fully surrender to God and lose my life until I was 33. Okay, losing your life to find it is a very, very different thing than getting saved from hell. And losing your life to find it means that you are no longer the owner of your life. You are no longer in the driver's seat of your life. Um, and as someone who has done that, okay, um, I have not owned my life since I was 33. I'm 55 now. Okay, so that's 22 years. I haven't owned my life. That journey has taken me a lot of places. Okay. Uh, it's led me to quitting a corporate job, not knowing how, where I'm going to go, not knowing where I'm going to live, selling a condo, not knowing where I'm going, just having to, I sold it all, sold it all. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't know I was selling it all when I sold the condo, but you know, I, I, I had a, a prayer declaration that I said is that, you know, I'm leaving houses, brethren, <laughs> I'm leaving all of this for the work of the gospel, for the sake of the gospel. I'm leaving this life for the sake of the gospel condo, get out of my hands. Right. Went and moved into a, a spare bedroom uh, somewhere, took all my Armani suits. I, had, I didn't have a closet. I had a, a little rack <laughs> in there and I hang my little Armani suits up on, you know, moved and realigned my life to serve in the ministry that God had called me to serve in under under Dr. Bill Winston and was there for years, you know, many, many years uh, serving there lived a block and a half away from that place. Like it, that the call of God on my life. And I, why am I saying that? Because the call of God on my life has dictated where I live. Because then in 2008, uh, 2007, rather, we moved from there on a word from God to Colorado. Like again, picked up, moved across, no connections, no jobs, packed the U-Haul, moved across the country. And then almost two years ago, same thing. I'm at, I'm in Chicago. I'm preaching at a, a church here. I, I'm going to the, I'm going to the ladies rooms in between service. And I heard the Lord say, it's time to be back to Chicago. You know, I'm like, well, get behind me, Satan. Like what? It was not in my game plan. I prayed through it. You know, it became clear that's what God had for us. Next thing you know, packing up the U-Haul again, moving back here to where we are now. Why? Because, because my life is not my own. In fact, when God gave me that instruction and I couldn't understand what he was trying to do and why he was trying to do it, hands up. That's what I did. Hands up. Hands up, <laughs> surrender, hands up, <laughs> hands up. I'm arrested. I'm arrested. Why? Because I'm a bond servant to love. I, 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 my life is not my own. I, I, am, I am handcuffed to Jesus. Just, you know, just like the apostle Paul, handcuffed to Jesus. My life is not my own. I've been bought with the price, paid for with the precious. And I hands up that. And in 30 seconds, I knew it was right. My will went out the door. God's will went in. And here we are. We were three months later, we were in Chicago. Okay. Now, why am I saying that? Because the word of the month this month is divine alignment. And, you know, I, I'm going to read, well, and it's an emergency, you guys. Like, the Lord has need of you in your assignment. It is divine alignment 
and time for your assignment. Um, and before I read the scripture, I also want to say that there's, it, there's a, it, it's time for a divine alignment between your head and your heart. It's time for your heart to get in agreement and your mind to get in agreement with the mind of Christ. Okay, so now I'm going to read uh, a scripture. I'm going to go to uh, Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Version. And, and the Amplified Classic Version, actually. And um, this scripture has been a scripture I teach on it sometimes um, that I have been on and off meditating on um, for many, many, many years. In fact, I really got introduced to this scripture uh, way back when I was on staff uh, with Bill Winston because uh, on Tuesdays, every other week, I think, uh, he would always do these staff meetings. And these staff meetings were really just in teaching that he did internally to the staff. It was just like, and they would record it. It was way back on cassette tapes. Oh my gosh. So um, and I would always get those cassette tapes, but there was one cassette tape that I wore out that was on the scripture. And, you know, one of my favorite things that Bill Winston would teach about is he would teach about dominion over time. He would teach about that. I mean, so, so powerfully. And the, this scripture was the foundation of that teaching about time. And so I, I've really been sitting with this. So gosh, my hair, y'all, I'm, I'm talking and whatever. Um, like this scripture to me, when I read it, it has elements of time and elements of, of dominion over time. So let me read it. It's in it, it, the Amplified Classic Version. It's Ephesians 2.10. I mean, I, I have it memorized, but I'm just going to read it because... I just want to make sure I get it right. So it says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths, which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So I love this Amplified Classic version of this because of the way that it amplifies it. Uh, but let me just say this about this, right? So this scripture tells us that we have been recreated in Christ for a reason. Yes, we're recreated in Christ because God loves us. Yes, we're recreated in Christ because we're his family. Uh, yes, we're in uh recreated in Christ because it's always been his good pleasure, you know, like, yeah, he's planned this before the foundation of the world, right? Ephesians chapter one, we were in, we've been chosen in Christ. We were chosen in love in Christ before the foundation of the world. You can read that one. I can, or you can just go look at it. But the point is, yes, this has just been God's plan since the beginning of time. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. We were in Christ before we were in Adam. Like we have, God has seen us as holy and blameless in himself since before time began. Okay, that just is. But in time, we were born in this time. Jesus was born in the fullness of his time, right? In the fullness of time, the word was made flesh. In the fullness of time, 
the spirit of Christ put on human flesh. And so even though we were in Christ before the foundation of the world, guess what? We weren't in the flesh before the foundation of the world. We were incarnated. <laughs> we, uh, we were the word of God in the heart of God, the plan of God. We were a seed of Christ in him. And then we, we put on flesh and we put on flesh, whatever your birthday is was, you know, you put it on in the womb, really. But when you're, your conception date, maybe, right? And you started growing into this human being. It was born. And and it's for such a time as this, right? It says this here that we were born, recreated in Christ for good works. Okay, what are these good works? These good works are the, the things that we're here to do. It's your assignment. It's your, you know, in John chapter 17, verse 3, 4, uh, you know, Jesus says, I have glorified you here on earth, Father, by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And that work, that word work, you know, on the, on the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. Okay. What was his work? It was creation. Uh, our work is creation. Our work, it, it's the work that he gave Adam and Eve, the assignment. It's the dominion mandate. It's make the earth look like heaven. It's expand the kingdom. It's never changed. You know, what's the good news? Preach the gospel of kingdom is at hand. Heaven is here, right? Everywhere you go, preach. It's here. It's here. Where's heaven? It's don't look there. Don't look here. It's within you. And, and what's the, why is heaven in you? It's because heaven has a purpose to, to, to dominate the earth, to make this planet. We think heaven's going to be, you know, no, heaven's going to be on here. Heaven's going to be on earth, the new earth. There's a new earth. Okay. There's a new creation. We're called a new creation. And so these good works are works of creation. They're works, uh, they're, they're assignments. They're just like Adam put, you know, he put Adam and Eve in, 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 a, in their, their sphere of influence in the garden. He gave them a specific geographic location and said, now expand the garden. Okay. And each of us have a specific geographic location. We have a metron of influence. We have gifts. We have experience. We have equipping. We have all of these things that, 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 or, or you're in the process of getting those things, but God has got a plan. God has got a plan, just like he had a plan for David, just like he had a plan for Paul, just like he had a plan for Peter, just like he had a plan for Moses, just like he had a plan for Joshua, just like he had a plan for every single person that you read about in the bottom. I mean, we're the body of Christ. There's not a single member of the body of Christ that isn't in, it's supposed to be in, in a specific position, serving a specific function. So that why? So that the head can, it can rule and reign. And so getting into divine alignment is first and foremost about getting into alignment with your assignment getting in alignment with the season of God that you're in, getting in alignment with where you're supposed to be in your life. And so many people do not align their lives around their purpose, around their calling. They're out of alignment. They're working in a job to, to make the ends meet. They're uh, whatever, marrying people because they have a need to be, you know, loved because they're not, they don't know how to connect from God. To, to, that God is their source. That people are looking to things, they're out of alignment with and made other things their source other than God. And so when I talk about divine alignment, you're talking about someone who has been doing this for decades. 
Okay. I mean, where I live was always around, like I lived in the place of my assignment. I, I physically, ge geographically lived where I was called to live. Okay. Um, my husband, <laughs> you know, we're married today, but my calling, I like, I mean, I talk to married people. I mean, I talk to married people all the time who are not living their calling because their husband or wife is not in agreement with it. Like, like who's the source here? You know, um, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of these other things will be added unto you. Meaning your spouse and their agreement is God's problem. Like when you are in an alignment with your assignment and you're seeking first the kingdom agenda for you. You're working in the father's business. God's actually, you know, paying your, 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 the father's business, by the way, it's not an employee, right? It's an owner. It's a co-owner and you're, 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 you're in a partnership. Okay. A marriage partnership. You're, you're married to the king of kings, right? You're one with the king of kings. You're, you're the body of the king of kings. So this is your joint heir in heaven. You're a joint heir of the kingdom. So this isn't like some employee thing. This is an ownership thing. And your assignment is like the colonization of earth with heaven. And where are you assigned? What, what, what assignment are you? What heaven? Where are you supposed to bring heaven? Who are you supposed to bring heaven to? Um, and, you know, we get, because of inferior sources, like we get caught up. We get tangled up. You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says to throw off the sin and the way that does so easily entangle us, right? And run your course, run your course. And, you know, so this alignment and this seeking first the kingdom is about getting the reason you are born, the reason you exist. Yes, to be loved. Yes, to experience the, you know, the, the, the pleasure of God. Yes, all of those wonderful spiritual things that we get in, in, in Christ. Yes, those wonderful things. But guys, anyone that says that you're not here to do something is is somehow, first of all, I hear that. I hear preachers talk about this. I hear them talk about, but the truth is the preachers that are telling you like your purpose is to to, to be loved by God and, and to, to worship God that, you know, there's no performance in this. And, and again, I'm not saying that there's performance, but the point is that they're in their assignment telling you that. Um. And they're being faithful to their assignment to preach the gospel and equip the body for the work of the ministry. I'm sorry, but Ephesians chapter four says apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors are here to equip the body for the work of their ministry. Every single person here is to be a servant leader. Every single person here is to serve people with their gifts. And the truth is life is not really meaningful until you start to do that because pouring out in service to others is oh my gosh it's life-giving when it, it's it, and again you're, you're doing the thing that's like breathing it doesn't feel like work it feels like i get paid to do this like how can how can this be my assignment i mean god created us in this beautiful tapestry it to serve god to serve each other i mean one of my favorite uh translations of you know god bless them and said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and take dominion. In the amplified version, there's a little amplification on that in Genesis. I think it's Genesis 127, but I don't know where it is exactly. I don't, I just, you guys can look up scriptures later. I just want to, for time's sake, I just want to get it to you. Um, but my favorite amplification of that is use all of the earth's vast resources in service of God and man. And so 
this good, these good works that, that, that God recreated us in Christ to do. They're supernatural works. It's the releasing of heaven in your sphere of influence. It's the alignment of your gifts and your talents with, with your passions, with your purpose. And you're in this place where that's all aligned and you are doing the work that you were, that was predestined for you. Listen, predestined, planned before time. Like God just didn't plan for you. God didn't just, uh, but there's a vision. There's a, there's a work that you're here to do. There's a ministry that you're here to do. Now, when I say ministry, I mean, you can be called to be a musician. You can be called to be an actor. You can be called to be a doctor. You can be called to be a nurse. You can be called to be a, an elementary school teacher. You can be called to be anything. Okay. So the work of your ministry doesn't mean I, I'm working in a nonprofit, you know, feeding the poor. Uh, it, 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 you know, this concept of secular and, and, and sacred doesn't exist in the kingdom. The line, the line between ministry and for-profit and non-profit, all that nonsense. That's, that's all just things that we have to, to, to have to navigate through in the world. But it's like, there's neither male nor female in the kingdom, right? Greek or Jew. Like there's, there's these, these ways that we, these paradigms that we put things in. That's not the point. The point is, is that you're, you have a ministry in you. You have, and what does the word ministry mean? You have service. You have service in you. You're here to it just, you, everything that was created is created in service. Grass is here to serve. Trees are here to serve. Uh, this microphone was created to serve. To serve what? To serve a purpose. To serve a purpose. And if we're not serving a purpose, if we're not, we're not releasing our full potential. We're not manifesting who we are authentically. And it's a mer and it's an emergency. Okay. What do I mean by that? It's an, um, the world is in need of you. If the world wasn't in need of you, you wouldn't have been born right now. Okay. You matter. You matter. What you do matters. Your gift matters. Uh, where you do your gift matters. Who you're aligned with matters, right? Because this also says that these good works have been planned beforehand. And then it says, taking paths, which God prepared ahead of time. So there's these preordained, predestined paths that God has for us to walk on. And it says that when we walk on them, then we live the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. There's, you know, God, he says, for I know the plans and the purposes that I have for you to give you an expected end, to prosper you, to give you an expected end. What? You're, you are here to prosper. You are here to to dominate, you are, when I say dominate, I mean dominate the curse, dominate poverty and sickness and all of the things that you're here. When God says preach the kingdom of God and it's at hand, you know what? The word, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So this isn't just say, hey, we just sit around and talk about the kingdom and yeah, da, 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 da. no, it comes with power. And the Lord works with us confirming that word, the word of what? The word of the kingdom, that the kingdom is here with signs and wonders. Like this is a miraculous life. This is, we're called to live a miraculous life. That is that, that, you know, I, I, you know, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like there's far too many Christians. I mean, miracles should be happening every single day. And, and far too many Christians are just playing it safe. They don't, they don't put themselves in situations where they need a miracle. You know, that's too scary. That's too scary to quit my job and live and, 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 and trust God to provide for me. Oh, yeah. God fed the, you know, fed Elijah with ravens. He created, you know, had manna fall from the sky. He multiplied bread. He uh, there was gold in a fish's mouth. But yet these are just Bible stories. Like people don't go fishing and find gold in mouth, gold, you know, 
you know, whatever we, we play it safe and, and, and far too, and if, if I'm anything, I'm someone who has not played it safe. I have risked and risked and risked and risked and risked. And faith, I remember one time at Bethel hearing that, that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. <laughs> and what am I saying that? Because, oh, why am I saying this, Lord? You know, frontline workers risk their lives. We call them heroes. The guys that run into the burning houses, right? The, 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 the frontline workers that showed up on 9-11. Um, my goodness, doctors and nurses working in the hospitals and getting, you know, that whole, when that, when that whole medical system during the pandemic and the stress and the, you know, I mean, the, you know, disasters when, 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 when you have natural disasters and, and the Red Cross shows up and uh, these frontline people, police officers, you know, and again, I'm not trying to hot button any issue. Okay. Um, my goodness, that's where we live. You even say the word police officer and it's a hot button, you know, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be. Okay. So please do not try to pin me down on some political agenda or, or something because <laughs> I'm not playing it because it, it, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm here to do is give kingdom perspectives. And there's a higher perspective. But my point is, is that these frontline workers are laying down their lives. And, and there is no greater love than to lay down your life. And be, being a bond servant to love, which means your life is not your own, that you, you're owned you're an owned person. You're owned by Jesus Christ. You're like, well, slavery, da, da, da. Like, no, it's voluntary. <laughs> there's no one enlisting. There's no control in this. There's no force in this. It's voluntary. It's voluntary. It's my, it's my, is it always easy? No. Was it always easy for Jesus? Was it easy in the Garden of Gethsemane for Jesus? Was it easy to lay down his life? Was it easy to, was it always easy to, do what the father called him to do. No, it wasn't easy. Was it always easy for the apostle Paul? Was it always easy for Daniel? Was it always easy for Esther? Was it always easy? Was it easy? Was it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. You know, and so I guess what I'm saying that the Lord is saying this month, what am I saying? Is that it, it, it's time for divine alignment. And, and there's, there's a, it, part of it is a ton of t alignment with your assignment. Okay. Like let's quit playing. You know, I remember when I decided I was just going to quit playing church. I'm, I'm not playing church. <laughs> and I think the Lord even told me something like that. Like it's time to quit playing church and be the church. I think that's what he said. I don't know. Something like that. But I just remembered, I was like, okay, I'm gonna quit playing church. And I'm not being critical of churches. What I'm, what I'm criticizing is this slumber that it can lull you into thinking that being a Christian is going to church on Sundays and attending Bible studies and going to Christian conferences and, and doing Christian activities and having a little Christian world where everybody in it is Christian and you don't even want to have a job outside of a non-Christian organization because you don't want to be in the world. You know, it's this, that's not, 
That is not, we are not some kind of cult that's, that's barred up waiting for Jesus to get back in an evil world. Like that is not what Christianity is. Christianity is laying down your life for people that don't deserve it. Christianity is, is loving people. Christianity is going right into the darkness and not criticizing and judging the people that are trapped in it. Um, and so when I talk about playing church, I'm talking about not sacrificing yourself for people. Man, I feel that. Whoa. So the other piece of this now, because I don't want anybody to be condemned. I don't want anybody to be sitting here, you know, already hung up, hung up on me. Because we're like, well, this is a downer Debbie. This is a downer Debbie word. <laughs> I'm not meaning to be downer Debbie or whatever her name is from SNL. Um, because that's not, I also, let me, let me say the second part of this. And goodness knows I might run a little bit long today. I don't even care. Let me just check my schedule, make sure I'm not going to stand somebody up. Okay. Good. Um, because the second part of this is really key. Because here's what I also know, guys, in talking to people. You know what? Most believers that I talk to, I mean, I know there can be some really mean jerks out there in Christian land, but I tell you, the people that really, that I talk to every day, like their hearts are really beautiful. Like I believe that our hearts are beautiful. Uh, I believe, you know, when we see the mean Christians and we, we, you know, we get into this judgment mode and stuff, my goodness, people are just projecting out of their own woundedness. You know, people, people judge and hate so many times the things that subconsciously they hate and criticize about themselves. And that's a whole teaching in and of itself that I'm not have time to go into today. But my point is, is that I feel like the Lord has given me eyes to see beyond that. I've been spending decades at this point, taking the log out of my eye. I'm not saying the log is all gone. Okay. Um, in fact, I have a pretty crazy thing. God told me many years ago, um, when I was in Colorado, you know, the scripture that he called me out there on was go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and I will be glorified in it. And he said that I would build this, this, this ministry, which I mean, I, I, I pastored there for eight years. I was in ministry the whole time. I actually launched Emerge when I was there. I didn't realize that Emerge was the house that I went there to build because it's an, it's a virtual house <laughs> that you can come and <laughs> come and visit from anywhere in the world. Um, doesn't have necessarily a geographic location, but, you know, go up the mountain and bring wood. And I remember the building that we, we, we started Emerge in, we had a campus program we did for a couple of years, was actually next to a log chopping business. I mean, I didn't even realize that there was a log chopping business, but then I mean, it was just logs piled up, piled up, and they had these really big professional log choppers and they would chop logs. And I remember I was in that building praying one day and I asked the Lord, I'm talking about logs in our eyes, right? Uh, I, uh, I, and I asked the Lord, I said, uh, you know, you told me to come up the mountain and bring wood uh, and I'm here, I'm up the mountain, I'm in Woodland Park, I'm at 8,500 feet. I don't know if I brought the wood. I was, I, what's the wood? What's the wood? And the Lord said, it's the log in your eye. I'm going to build your ministry out of the log in your eye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Like what kind of word is that? Like I didn't know whether to be happy or sad or what. You know what I'm saying? And I had a log chopping place next to my building. 
Like, don't tell me that our lives are not prophetic. Like there aren't synchronicities, that there aren't coincidences. Like, was that a coincidence? Of course not. Like geographic, all that stuff. Like you guys, when I talk about divine alignment, I'm talking about you, you living in a place where, where coincidences and synchronicities and, and serendipitous things start to happen. Like it's things are supernaturally aligned. You're seeking first the kingdom of God. And man, you are in a vortex, man. You're in a vortex where the world is showing up for you. There's the circumstances are, are, are revealing you. Like it's, it is, it's so supernatural. Like sometimes I'm like, whoa, I need to breathe. I need to catch up with what's actually happening. Ah, you know, but so when I say, that I see beyond the projection, meaning like there, I have spent a, like a lot of time with the Lord taking these freaking logs out of my eyes. Um, because it's really hard to take a splinter. It's really hard to help anybody when you've got your own blindness. And blindness is what causes us to criticize and judge and project and hate. Um, People that at the end of the day are just like us in need of Jesus. And, but here's what I want to say. I'm not talking about that right now. What I'm talking about is the real heart of people. I'm talking about the real goodness of people. I'm talking about the part of us that isn't in agreement. And the reason that we're so upset about certain things is because we also have the heart of God, the heart that cares for people that are suffering the heart that wants to do something what you know well and good uh, it's also the part of our our heart that isn't in agreement with the ways that we act okay it's the part of our heart that when we yell at our kids or you know we flip somebody off or cutting us off or we lose our temper whatever it is that we do like we can all act like we're perfect all the time you know but all of us have ways that we behave. I just believe that. Maybe there's people on the planet that don't. Okay. Maybe there's somebody out there that is just sweet and kind all the time. I don't know. Um, maybe there are. Um, maybe it's just me. Maybe I've just got a big log in my eye. Okay. But um, most people will say that. Most people, even in their hearts, aren't in agreement with that, you know, they're not in agreement with those things. Um, they're not in agreement with the ways that sin keeps them in bondage. You know, if they are in a, you know, that's why we run from God, you know, I mean, those kinds of things. But my point is, is that the other place that we need to get in a divine alignment with is there needs to be some God is, when I say we need to get in divine alignment with this, what I mean is what God is doing what God is doing is aligning our hearts and our minds and our behavior with our true identity. So there's a healing that he's, he is healing the right word. There's a, there's a transformation. There's a revelation that's, that's come, that's, that's, that's being poured out right now. Uh, to get our hearts and our minds in alignment and get our, so that the outside matches the inside. So there's this authenticity, there's this congruency, there's this 
accurate reflection of who we really are to ourselves. We see ourselves clearly and then we live out of this. There's just that this is such a divine work. That's why it's called divine alignment. It's not just called alignment, right? It's, it, it's not even really divine alignment for us, just assignment. It's really divine alignment for our divine assignment, right? So this divine alignment is aligning us with our assignment, but there's also this divine alignment that has to happen internally so that we can align with our assignment, meaning we can't do our assignment in a false persona. We can't do our assignment with, I mean, you, I mean, you can to, to a certain degree, but to the degree that there is brokenness in our lives, to the, like if our identity is not established, then we can't hold the weight of the, of the assignment. We can't hold the weight of the glory. And we see this a lot of times. We see this when, when you see people that have been given platforms and, or have built platforms and then they just, they crash and burn. Uh, because somewhere their internal integrity, their moral compass, their their ability to withstand the pressure and the the influence and whatever, the fame or the temptations, whatever. Like they're not, why? Because there's something internal that's broken. They, I, I say it this way, that they, there's, they don't have the internal infrastructure to support the weight of the call of a God on their lives. And I remember something else I heard, uh, maybe, I don't remember, Paul Manwaring said it at Bethel one year. He said, you know, and, and, and I, I really am so grateful for the things that Bethel poured into my, my life over the years. Um, there was many years when I was very connected <clears throat> and went out all the time and was there at their leadership summits a lot. Um, and again, different seasons, different alignments. Um, but I remember Paul Manwaring saying one time, and this was just a kind of a core cultural thing at Bethel, you know, he said, and remember, Bethel's about sustained, what they would call sustained revival, meaning a sustained culture of heaven, meaning a place where the supernatural manifests consistently. Okay, revival. They call it revival, right? <clears throat> but what Paul Manwaring said, and I think it's incredibly wise, he said that there will not be a sustained revival, that if you're going to have sustained revival, there needs to be a corresponding move an inner healing movement, meaning that you can sustain the glory, you can sustain revival, you can sustain a supernatural culture and environment to the extent that you are whole. And that is a huge part of what I'm talking about. Because if, you know, early promotion can destroy people. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, and I say early promotion, I mean, why did it, why did David, you know, get anointed when he was a teenager and take all this time? And I'm, I'm not trying to say that we have to, it takes decades for us to do this, but I am saying that this internal work to align our hearts and heal our hearts so that we are externally expressing the fruit and our heart is producing the fruit you know, out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. You'll know the fruit by the root. Um, you know, I, this co-creation, these good works that we're here to do come out of our hearts. And if our heart is, is, is you know, it comes out of the motives of our hearts. It comes out of, it comes out of the internals. It's the internal world we live in. 
And God wants heaven established there. God wants uh, us to be transfigured, meaning it's an inside out revealing. And, and that is always, always happening anyway, right? Like you can look around your life and it reveals what you believe. And so this divine alignment is happening internally. And there's this, uh, you know, I recently was prophesying over someone that's kind of in a, uh, it's a tough season, but it's, uh, it's a season of, I would call it like a sit down season because they're, they, they've hit an identity limit. And I saw this, I saw them with the, surrounded by the scaffolding. And I saw these little, these little workers, like they were a giant. They were like little workers working on the scaffolding, <laughs> building them, building them. And it was interesting because they were standing across from Jesus. So Jesus was here and they were here. And it was a picture of them growing into the fullness of the stature of Jesus. And honestly, I can tell you, this is what Jesus is doing in the body of Christ. Like you, this was this individual, but honestly, if you look at the body of Christ, it's there's scaffolding all around it because we're growing into the fullness of the stature of Jesus. We're being conformed to the image of love and anything that hinders love, anything that is, you know, like, and it's, this is, you know, you could use the analogy of pruning. You could use the analogy of, there's so many ways to describe this, this, what I'm talking about, but it's this idea where the, the truth is is embodied. Uh, the truth of our identity in Christ, the truth of the of 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 who we are, like we're living out of that. We're not we're not one way when we're in church, or you know, like there's just it's congruent, and it's not a work. Okay, this isn't a performance. This isn't us trying to be good Christian soldiers. This isn't us trying to be good Christian people. This isn't a Christian version of you. Like God is not turning you into a Christian version of you. Like the transfiguration, I mean, goodness knows I've been through that. Like I, I mean, I have, when you don't know who you are, <laughs> you'll just emulate whatever, you know? Um, and we're discovering who we are and who we are is authentic unique. There's a reason there's only one of us and only that we have these, you know, fingerprints that are like no others. And so this divine alignment is this alignment with who you really are. And it's a healing. It's like, there's healing, you guys. Like I have been doing my own personal RMRs every week since, I mean, I don't know that I've done it every single week because I've been available every single week, but since my birthday back in April, like I'm in a very intense transformational season because um i mean number one some things you know i'm just i'm just tired of some patterns they just need to break but number two because whatever is hindering or whatever is holding back or whatever is uh not in alignment with who i am called to be uh, I am actively not in agreement with that. Even if I subconscious, even if it's subconscious and I don't know what it is, <laughs> if that making sense. Hopefully I, this is all making sense. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that this season of divine alignment is an internal alignment and it's a mind renewal alignment. 
It's a, it's a, it's a, and it's supernatural and it's by the grace of God. Um, and so, uh, identity limits are real. And when you push bass past that limit and you are, let's talk about it, lottery winner, right? When you push past your identity limit, uh, you, the scene realm may, you may, you may find yourself in a life that is beyond your identity, but your life will shrink back down to the limit of your identity. So it's time to elevate our identity. It's time to get in alignment with our true identity. And I don't just mean mental ascent, like mentally ascending to that. I don't, you know, like ascending to that. I don't mean like, yes, I'm in agreement. And this is, let me just give an example, you guys. Like, like how many of us really believe that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us? <laughs> right? When's the last time you raised the dead? Um, when's the last time you attempted to, right? I mean, it's not a situation that's, you, you know, whatever. I'm just using it as an example. Um, but the point is like, I, re I read recently, I think it was something, I think it was something Bill Winston said, but he said something like, um, and I, Bill Johnson says this too. It's like, you don't, uh, you don't let your experience dictate what's true. That you, you're, you must, you say your experience must rise to the truth. You know, and so when I say our true identity in Christ, like our experience has got to rise to that. There has to be some congruency. There has to be like our identity limits have to be removed. And I'm saying this in the context, remember that it's an emergency. That it, it, it is time. Like you're needed. And I love I know I'm quoting people today, but the Holy Spirit's reminding me. We've got so many, I mean, so many people pour into my life. I'm so grateful for these gifts. But I remember Graham Cook said one time, there's no speed limits in heaven. <laughs> that sounds like a fun place, doesn't it? Um, with no fear, right, of death. Mm, how fast would we go? Um, but what does that mean? Meaning that we will, we can go as fast as we can handle it. You know, I remember God gave me a word about what he wants Rethink to be. And it's, I don't know, maybe been three years ago since he gave me the word. And it hasn't come to pass. Um, I don't even know if we've started it yet, honestly. But I remember when he gave it to me, it was so far beyond what I can do. And it was so kind of just shattered my you know, it just put this idea in my head that I just was like, whoa, it's kind of like when I, when I got called to ministry in an open vision and God was like, you know, in 40 days, like he told, I knew it was transfiguration. I knew that was my calling. I knew that's what my why was. And he said, in 40 days, he said, we're going to send you pieces. You're going to see people on terminal deathbeds. You're going to see people in the worst of the worst of circumstances. And you're going to, they're, they're going to be transfigured in 40 days. 
And you know, you don't, you don't have a grid. I don't have a grid for that. You know, I didn't even have rapid mind renewal modality at that time. And my goodness, we have others now, right? We, we are going after what is the most rapid way to renew our minds. What's the most rapid way to transfigure the body of Christ? What's the most rapid way to get this inside, these inside identity limits removed? Like how do we, how do we reveal the Christ in us faster? How do we release more of the Christ within us? How do we do this? You know, what are, how do we transcend this? How do we break the cycles? How do we break this? Like, let's get in, let me in coach. Come on, come on, come on. Show me Jesus, show me Jesus. And it's been decades of me learning the mind-body-spirit connection, decades of studying neuroscience, decades of the supernatural, decades of understanding the roots of diseases and why we act the way we do and, and seeing things faster, 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 and watching things manifest faster and faster. Not 100%, but watching it, watching it. I've been, oh, I've been in, hey, shaka, show. That's the Holy Spirit if y'all aren't used to me and used to my showing in my hand. <laughs> That's all we know, it's Holy Spirit. Or a glory cloud shows up. But, um... Uh-ha, shaka. Um, what was I saying? Uh, but, you know, this word that I got about rethink, you know, is like, this, this, like this, is, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. And it, I, didn't, I don't have the identity for it. And I'm just being honest. I, you know, is that right, Holy Spirit? I mean, he's building it. He's building the identity. He's been building the identity through circumstances, through challenges, through you know, this mind renewal process that he's got me on. And, uh, whoa, Shaka. Whoa. Yay. <laughs> but here's what I know. Faithful is he that calls you. He will also do it. And a lot of what we are a lot of our identity limits and a lot of our identity, our ways of being and the paradigms that we're operating out of is just independence. It's independence. It's doing God's job for him. It's, uh, you know, just a lot of this stuff, to, this stuff's got to go because your purpose is for the Christ in you. And this illusion of separation runs deep. This, every memory is steeped in it. Every program of our life has been steeped in it. Every judgment we've made about ourselves and our potential and what we can and can't do, it's all steeped in it, all steeped in the illusion of separation. And one believer's potential is Christ. One believer's potential, like the potential of that, think of a Jesus doing their gift, like what they're here to do. Like when you, you know, when you guys go through Emerge, you know, we, we boil down your, your purpose and your why to one word. Like I, my word is transfiguration. Like I am really clear about my purpose. What am I here to do? I am here to transfigure the earth. I'm here to reveal the sons of God. I'm here to unveil Christ in us. I'm here to unveil Christ through us. I'm here to unveil the glory of God through creation. I'm here to uh, usher in the restoration of all things through the sons of God in the body of Christ. I'm clear. And a lot of people aren't even clear. Like they have an idea, but you know, here's the other thing. Like you're uniquely, like, you know, there's no way 
that I could have told you when I got called into ministry that I would have this online school called Emerge Transformate School of Transformation, School of Transfiguration. That's what I was about. should have called it. Um, but then it would have been felt too religious or something. But anyway, um, you know, we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have any of this. We didn't have any of this. Like, how in the world could I figure that out? But the five cues, like who, this is, this is supernaturally put together. And it's producing supernatural results, you know, throwing people into purpose in 90 days and throwing them, launching them, whatever you want to talk about, like getting them clear. Um, so I'm saying that because there's something, it, it doesn't look like, it's not like, it's unique. It's uniquely you. It, it's, it, it fits your fingerprint, you know? And it's ID access only, like, you know, and they have those eye scans or those fingerprint scans, right? Like you don't get access, like your access is for the real you. Like you get access to your inheritance of, of, of your, the, everything that's the, 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 the good life, the good life that God prearranged and made ready for you to live in Ephesians 2.10, that's an ID access. That's, that, that's access by your ID. And if you don't have the right ID, you don't get access, not to all of it. You know, and I talk about how I work in the DMV of heaven, right? Why? Because I'm giving people ID access. And so there's my own identity that has to have access to the fullness of what I'm calling people to do, which is to give them access to their identity, right? You know, or, or like I said, I'm a bringer of the unseen into the scene. The other thing that I'm here to do is, you know, bring birth the unseen here. What unseen visions, the unseen things that you carry, the unseen potential, the unseen manifestation of the good life that you were preordained to live. Like we're to bring that into the scene and that manifestation of those things is the other thing that I'm here is to train the body of Christ to manifest the good life, the vision that they, they were predestined to live. Like, how do we manifest? How do we manifest the fullness of our calling in partnership and in union with Jesus? Not as a work, but as a yielded outflow of giving God our focus and the ability to observe something into and speak something into existence. How does God cre continue to create like he did in Genesis using our mouth? in our frequency, in our body. So my goodness, I've said this a whole, whole, whole lot. This has been like a, like I said, a little chat in my office today. Um, hopefully you felt that way, that I was talking specifically to you. And I've said a whole lot. And I'm praying that it makes sense. So let me wrap it up here. Holy Spirit, help me wrap it up. Divine alignment for our assignment. Alignment with our true identity. Alignment with our calling, alignment in every area. And so what that means, guys, is that there's a realignment. And realignment, it's Richard Rohr that, I'm trying to remember, I wrote this in my journal somewhere and I don't have time to go look it up, but I, maybe I'll post in the comments when I can go find it after. Richard Rohr talks about this and I, he got it from someone else, I think, but you know, he talks kind of like this feet, these three, three phases of growth. That's what he calls it. I think, I don't know what he exactly calls it, but it's this idea that, um, 
I'll talk about it like this. And this may not be Richard Orr's language, but it's the same principle, right? That anytime there's going to be growth or change, transfiguration, whatever, trend, you know, that there's a there's a realignment, there's a a shaking, there's a a rising of something that doesn't work, there's a problem, there's a breakdown, there's a limit that's hit. I talk about it in my book, right? Um, so what you're going to have, you're going to start with some kind of problem, you're going to start with some kind of breakdown, you're going to start with something that isn't working. Uh, you've hit a limit somewhere. It's a bottleneck in your life, okay? And then guess what's happened? It's like, whoa, the breakdown. And it that feels like chaos. That feels like uncomfortable. It's the unknown. It's new. It's a mess, right? Things break down, right? Things break down and you have something that's, it, it, it's chaotic. It's like, you know, you're cleaning out your closet. You're cleaning out your identity. You're cleaning out your life. You're cleaning out your internal world. And, you, you know, when you're cleaning out a closet, take everything out. <laughs> like it's a mess. And then you look at it on your bed and you're like, oh my God, how did I fit all that in my closet? What a mess. <laughs> and then guess what? Then there's the reorder. So there's like the disorder into the reorder, into the new, into the upgrade, into the new level. And so I, this theme has been running through a lot of the things that I've been sharing this year. But, you know, if you're in this place where things either are out of control, chaos over your head, you've had a capacity, you've things aren't working, like the way your identity isn't matched, like the next level you need to go to, you don't have the identity for. Um, first of all, you're not doing anything wrong. You're in it. You're in it. So I hope that what I'm sharing with you today will give you some context for that. You're in it. Uh, and it may look like you can't stand your job anymore. It may look like you getting fired. It may look like uh, a sudden challenge or something that comes up as a hindrance. It may look like an obstacle. Uh, you know, those three phases, right? Something's got to change. The chaos of change, the new thing is the process of how growth and transformation happens. I mean, if you're a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, right? You've got this old thing. This is not what I'm created to be. <laughs> Go into the cocoon. The cocoon, what? The transformation engine. <laughs> That's what emerges, by the way, you guys, right? It's that cocoon. It's that 90-day cocoon where you become mush and a rapid transformation happens. It's what our graduate program Rethink You is, right? What are we rethinking you? Because it's we got to get the identity to match the destiny. Uh, if your identity and de destiny are incongruent, you're, you're not going to reach it. Uh, the transfigurational journey is a journey. And so there's, and, and it's not just one cocoon, y'all. Like for us, I would, don't you wish it was just one time? <laughs> but no, it's a continual transformation by the renewing of our minds. And so you go in there, whoo, chaos, whoo, butterfly, 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 which kind of explains all of these reasons my team has been seeing butterflies. Yeah, lots of butterflies. I saw, I saw a butterfly last night. Like I've never seen a butterfly at night. I'm sure they're there. I don't know where the butterflies go at night. I just don't remember ever seeing one before. Um, I knew it was prophetic. So, okay, I'm going to wrap. Um, our chat today, our prophetic chat today. Um, let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord.
well, I'm, I'm looking at this thing on my desk before I end in prayer. I felt like the Holy Spirit drew my attention to it. It's a quote by Gloria Steinem. It says, the future depends entirely on what each of us does every day. And I want to just change it a little bit, make it my own quote. I want to say the future depends entirely on what each of us does today. So I want to encourage you guys. And I know I have a lot of people out here that listen to me that I haven't done a merge. And I'm happy that you listen to me. I'm happy that you listen to my podcast. But if you really want the full effect of the gift of, of God that's on my life, and you want to experience rapid, rapid, rapid transfiguration, then enroll in Emerge. Work with me for 90 days. You know, come to graduation at my house. We keep it small. Um, in fact, we're gonna, we've got 10 slots open for July. I'm going to put an application. I'll put a, I'll put the application under this uh, broadcast. Uh, we're working on the application, a couple changes on the application, but I'll get the application if you want to apply for one of those 10 spot, spots uh, later today. Um, uh, so we're going to go through an application process uh, because the spots are limited um, and we have limited amount of time to do calls. And honestly, the time is now. So we want the, the people that are serious, that are ready to make a change, that are ready to surrender fully, um, that are ready to go today, that the future depends on what each of us does today. Like today, they're ready to go, you know. Um, but that today is today's important. What we do today is important. Every day is important. I mean, some days it is a rest day. I'm not saying that we work 24-7. I'm saying that we're on God's agenda 24-7, that we're in divine alignment 24-7. And it matters. It matters that we're on God's agenda each and every day. So let me pray. Father, because the future depends on each of us being in the right place at the right time, with the right information, with the right understanding, doing the right thing with the right people, uh, I just thank you, Father, that um, we're in alignment with all of that. And we're on your agenda. And I thank you, Father, that no other agenda will stand uh, except your agenda for our lives. And uh, so I release a blessing to every single person that's listening today. And I declare, Father, that whatever alignment and alignments, whether internal or external, that are needed by the people that are listening to this, this, this podcast, Father, this, this word of the month. I just pray, Father, that it's in motion now. And I thank you, Father, that they are following your lead. And they are surrounded by whatever, whatever, what am I trying to say? Whatever support they need. They're in the right, right environment for this alignment. And I thank you for it. And I call it done in Jesus name. Awesome. Well, this was long today, you guys. So thanks for hanging in there and tell your friends about it. When I say your friends, tell you the people that God tells you to tell about it, right? Get the, get the, get the meat to the people that are ready for some meat and some steak. Okay. So I love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Have a great, great, great week. Great July. 
Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.